0: All right, everybody, we're gonna get started here. Hey, kids, if you can hear me, where's my sound guy? Huh? Yeah, he's mobile. I lost him. He's lost in conversation. You got me, Michael? I'm talking. Can you hear me? Yeah? Are we there? Yeah? You can hear me? All right, okay. Hey, kids, if you can hear me, put both hands above your head, kids. If you can hear me, keep them up there, like we're on a roller coaster. There we go, there we go. See, we just needed a visual cue, that's good. Okay, thank you, very good, very good. Just like last week, today's gonna be a little bit more interactive than normal. Uh, Some of you guys weren't here a week ago and that's great, no problem. But we are so aware that we have our kids, fifth grade and younger, in the room with us today that I'm gonna teach just a little bit differently. I'm gonna aim my lesson low Uh, and try to hit fifth graders and younger. And I bet most of you as adults will still gain some insight and some encouragement today. Uh, But I'm going to ask some questions today, and I really want an answer back. So if you're a kid in the room, and I say something like, I show a picture, and I say, who is that? And you know who it is? You don't even have to look at your parents to check first. You can just yell it out as loud as you want to if you know the answer to what it is that I'm asking today. I'm going to try as best I can to engage with you, Um, and you guys are going to help me to to make sure that everybody can hear what I'm saying and that I'm being clear enough and we'll kind of have a conversation together this morning, which will be really good. Uh, If this is your first Sunday in July to be with us this year, what you're going to see this morning, what you've seen so far, is basically what to expect. We'll make a little bit of a detour next week because we have baptisms uh, happening and we'll set the room up differently and the order of service will be a little bit different. But uh, coming back together on the 23rd and again on the 30th, we're going to basically do this. We're going to sing a few less songs and... We're going to have coloring packets available for you guys and we're going to try our hardest in our teaching to hook you, to keep it engaging and to keep it a little bit more fun maybe than the normal 40 to 45 minute expositional sermon that you're used to. And if, it that, if that's your cup of tea and you're not really excited about what we're doing in July, you've only got three services to grit your teeth and get through it. It's all good. You can just consider this a short vacation from the normal and we'll be right back on the rails again for you uh, beginning the first Sunday in August. We'll go back to what we're used to. If you were here last week, I asked two questions to start. Does anybody remember either of the two questions that I asked last week? Does anybody remember? Anybody remember either of the two questions that I asked? Josh, you're too old. Is anybody fifth grade or younger? Yes, Jack. Okay, then you get a pass. Emma? I asked two questions. I had you whisper something. Do you remember what you, were, what you whispered loud? That's right. That's right, and you made the sound of your favorite animal. So if that's, if you missed that last week, if you weren't here, sorry, bummer for you. We got to whisper our age all at one time, and then we all made the sound of our favorite animal. And uh, if you weren't here, if you actually go back and listen to the recording of last week's sermon, you will hear what I think was an eagle screech that came from Conrad Keeler. So Conrad gets the award for best and loudest. He was about 10 seconds late, which was great, but if you listen to it, you'll hear this big noise, and then it's quiet, and then you hear like, in the background, which is exactly what I want, it's perfect, it's great, really good engagement, so I appreciate that. I have another question for you guys today, and just like last time, we're going to whisper the answer, because I don't want to blow anybody's eardrums out in the room this morning, but not right now, in a minute, not right now, in a minute, when I ask, I want you to whisper, and you can use a loud whisper, like when you're trying to get somebody's attention in the library, you loud whisper, as loud as you can, but still whisper, still whisper, And I'm going to ask you to whisper your name to me. Just your name. should be easy. You shouldn't have to check with anybody on what that is. Maybe like your age last week, you're kind of like, was I eight? Am I six? This morning, you should know your name. You'll be able to whisper that to me. So we're going to try that, okay? We're going to try to go a little bit shorter today. So just the one question. When I count to three, I'll do it like this. One, One, two, three. And then I'll say, what's your name? And then you'll whisper it. Not right now, in a second. Are we ready? Grown ups, you can participate if you want to, but let's keep it to a whisper. Okay. On the count of three. One, two, three, what is your name? That was good, very good. I don't know if any of you guys are into Harry Potter, uh, but one of the houses in Harry Potter, they have, they can talk to snakes, and that's what that sounded like to me. It's like a bunch of snakes, so that was cool for me. Um, Cool, so we're getting better at that, and hopefully uh, this keeps your minds sharp with school just around the corner, so bummer, I know it's coming. Um, Today we're going to talk about another psalm. You can see that on the screen. A psalm is a song. We talked about that last week. Very, very old. Does anybody remember, I said this to you last week, does anybody remember, raise your hand if you think you do, how many hours would it take you to read all the psalms out loud with no breaks? Yes. It was a little less than five days. Yes. 50 hours. That's right. And I told you a week ago That if you were to watch every episode of Bluey, which is a lot of our favorite cartoon, that you could watch through it three times because it's only 17 hours long before you could possibly fill up the same amount of time that it would take to read all the Psalms out loud. Last week, we looked at Psalm number one. This week, we're going to look at Psalm number 18. So if you do have a Bible and you brought it, you can go that direction. Uh, it's pretty close to the beginning of the book of Psalms because there's 150, so it's right there around that first 10%, 11%, 12%. It's very long, it's 50 verses long. We're just gonna look at the first six verses today just like we looked at the first six verses of Psalm number one. Now, just a second ago, I asked you guys to whisper something to me loudly. I asked you to whisper your name. And I, my name's Philip, you probably heard that earlier, but if you missed it, now you know. Now we're even, I know your name, you know mine. But I wonder, did you know that God has a name. Have you heard about this before? When I was a kid, I kind of just thought God's name was God because that's what everybody called him. But really, that's more of a title. It's more like saying sir or lord or your majesty. Uh, God actually has a first name that he chooses to share with certain people. The first time he does it is in a book called Exodus when he meets with a man named Moses. It's been such a long time since God talked to anybody at that point that he uses his name to introduce himself. And so by the time these songs get written down in the book of Psalms, People who know God and live with God get to use his name, which is more personal. It feels better than just calling him God or Lord or Master. He is those things, and you can use those titles if you want, but in today's song, you're going to see a guy named David talk to God and use his name, and the name he's going to use is Yahweh. Can you say Yahweh? That's good. That's really, really good. We don't totally know if that's exactly how it's pronounced, but like most of the things that we do as Christians, I think God will give us a mulligan if our heart's in the right place. So we're going to say Yahweh and hope that that's close enough that we mostly got it right today. Just like we did a week ago, I want us to try to read these verses out loud together. We don't usually do this, but if you're willing, look on the screen with me. This is coming from the New English Translation, and I made a couple small translation changes just to make it clearer, but you can compare it to your Bible. I don't think I changed the meaning at all. We're going to try to read these six verses together, if you can, and if you can't, just listen, and I'll read them, and in maybe 30 seconds to two minutes, we'll be done, and it'll be over with. So let's try together, looking at verse one. Here's what David wrote in Psalm 18. I love you, Yahweh, my source of strength. Yahweh is my high ridge, my stronghold, my deliverer. My God is my rocky summit where I take shelter, my shield, the horn that saves me, and my refuge. I called to Yahweh, who is worthy of praise, and I was delivered from my enemies. The waves of death engulfed me, the currents of chaos overwhelmed me. The ropes of the grave tightened around me. The snares of death trapped me. In my distress, I called to Yahweh. I cried out to my God. From his heavenly temple, he heard my voice. He listened to my cry for help. Good job. Thank you. That's excellent. I appreciate that. Last week, as I told you, we looked at Psalm number one, and we broke the psalm into how many pieces? Does anybody remember? We said there were how many parts to that psalm? Anybody? 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 How many parts to the psalm? Yeah, Jack? Three parts, that's right. We're going to do the same thing today, roughly the same layout. Verses one and two answer a question. They answer the first of three questions that this psalm asks, which is, what is God like? That's what David is telling us in the first two verses. Then we move to verses three and four, and the psalm answers another question that you probably have, just like I do, about God. That question is, what does God do? Does he just sit there and watch the world go by? Is he involved? Is he engaged? What does he do all day long? He doesn't sleep. The Bible tells us that. So he has a lot of hours. Does he play on his switch? We're going to find out. What does God do all the time? And then the third question in verses five and six that this psalm answers is, how bad can it be? And I'm going to wait on that one. I'll wait and explain what that means when we get there, because I think it'll mean a little bit more once we cover that ground together. So that's all we're going to do. We're going to do that for about 11 minutes, and then we're going to be done here today. So I think you guys can hang with me. We're going to have a good time. Let's look at the first two verses and try to answer the question, what is God like? If you have a copy of the Bible, you can look back at verses 1 and 2, but if not, I'll just summarize them for you. The very first thing that we learn about Yahweh in verse 1, right out of the gate of this 50-verse-long song, the way that David opens the song up is he says that Yahweh is strong. In fact, he's so strong that he can give some of his strength away to other people who need his help. That's kind of the definition of a hero, if you think about it. A hero is a person who has so much power, so much strength, that they spend their time helping other people Get out of situations where they're helpless, where they don't have another option. Now, what's really interesting is if if you look at verse 2, and I'll read it to you again here just really quickly so that you can see what I'm talking about. Listen to the way that David talks about God. He says God is a bunch of stuff that probably doesn't normally come into your mind when you think about God. He says God is a rocky summit, like the top of a mountain. That's interesting. He says that God is like a shield. He says that God is like a, a horn, not like the horn on your car that tells people to move it, like a horn that you blow to ask for someone to come and help you, which is more like we would radio in for backup is kind of the situation that the psalmist is talking about here. He says that God is also like a refuge. Let me ask you this question. Has anybody here ever hiked to the very top of Flat Top? I know, I know. I could have picked another mountain. Very good. Okay, Flat Top, the most hiked summit in Alaska, so most of you have probably been up there. When you get to the top of Flat Top, you notice immediately, no matter what day it is, that it's very windy. It might even be cold compared to that last bit of scrambling up the rocks. You're sweating, your hands hurt, you get up to the top and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to put my jacket back on because it's freezing up here because the wind is blowing. Can anybody think about, if you've been to the top of Flattop any time lately, raise your hand if you can think about the answer to this. What is at the top of Flattop? There's three or four of these things that people have made that might help you with the wind. I'm gonna go to somebody other than Jack because you've already had a couple answers. Can anybody think of this that's been up to the top of Flat Top? Yes, you have an answer? Will someone echo that for me a little loud? A jacket? You might bring your own jacket, yes, but there's also something that's already up there. What do you think? Cairns, Cairns. that's right. There are cairns and there's a special kind of cairn, C-A-I-R-N, I think is how you spell that, That's a circle. You guys seen these ring cairns? They look like this. The picture in the top left corner is actually of flat top. I don't know what the second one is. But people who get up there, they pick up rocks. Well done, Alton. And they stack them up so that they can create a wind shelter. Sometimes they use it to just have a campfire. But sometimes people camp overnight up there. And these exist on lots of summits that are sort of in the front range of the Chugach Mountains where we live. I've seen these circle cairns at the top of Bird Ridge. I've seen one on the way up McHugh that we call the fort because it's so tall it feels like a rock fort. People create these in order to keep you warm, in order to keep you dry, in order to keep you safe when the wind is trying to get you, when the rain is trying to get you, when the snow is falling down. But here's a question for you. If you were to go back in time a 1,000 years and you saw one of these rock circles, what do you think people used it for then that might be different from today? What else could a rock circle like that protect you from that's not just wind or rain or snow? Yes. I don't think it would protect you from sin necessarily, but I appreciate the answer. It's okay. What might somebody try to shoot at you that a rock cairn could protect you from? Yes, Alton. An An arrow, right, or a sharp stone. That's what David is saying. He's saying when you know God... Knowing God means that God puts this thing around you. You heard Mr. Mike Schmidt pray a hedge of protection earlier in his prayer for the Mueller's. It's the same idea. David is saying, when I live my life with God, it's as if there is a rock wall all around me, and the people who wanna get me and tear me down can't get to me like they want to. Now let me ask you another question, because David also calls Yahweh, quote, the horn that saves, and that's kind of weird language that doesn't really match up with the way that we talk today. Have any of you, raise your hand if you've ever heard of somebody named Bruce Wayne. Anybody ever heard of Bruce Wayne before in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe you only know him by his vigilante crime-fighting alter ego, Batman. Okay, here's my question. In Gotham City, when things are going bad, how do people tell Batman, we need your help, Batman? What do they do? Just shout it out if you know. What do they use? The The bat signal. That's right. It looks like this. They shine a light up onto the perpetual smog of Gotham City, and Bruce Wayne, from his manor, swivels around in his chair, slides down through a big mail chute, big enough for a man, puts on black tights, and fights crime, right? That's the way it works. He comes to their rescue. David didn't know that he was talking about Batman in his psalm, because there was no Batman yet, but it's the same idea. He's saying, God, when I live life with you, you're so strong that all I have to do is send the bat signal up into the sky, and you come running, You come to my rescue right away. So we might answer the question, what is God like, by saying, God is a wall that protects us. And God is a hero who comes to save us when we call on him, lending us his great strength. Now, look at verse 3 again, and let's talk about the second question that this psalm asks us. What does God do? If you look back at verses 3 and 4, essentially what David says is that God rescued him. Well, that's what we would expect if God is like Batman, right? Or if God is like a stone wall that protects us from people that want to hurt us. David, though, uses the word delivered, which is a little bit funny. When I think delivered, I think of like DoorDash or Amazon. So I'm going, does this mean that God put David in a box and mailed him somewhere? Is that what he means by delivered? No, he means rescued. He's talking about God being willing to come to the rescue of David, a little bit like These guys. Anybody know who this is? It's PAW Patrol. Don't be embarrassed. I know if you're like older than six, you're like, PAW Patrol, but I really like it, but I'm not supposed to watch it because it's kind of for babies. Yeah, it's PAW Patrol. Or I'll tell you, if you are maybe a millennial in the room or older, you might recognize this crime-fighting team (laughs) of superheroes. Yes. Okay. That's right. And then unfortunately, because time has an effect on people, here they are today. I don't know if you guys... Not looking so good. The putties really had their way with the Rangers back in the 90s. They actually did a movie. Did anybody watch the movie, the reboot movie that they did? It's okay. You don't have to tell me. I know you watched it. It's in your your Netflix feed, so that's okay. God knows. The Power Rangers and Paw Patrol rescue people. It's what they exist to do. There's an emergency. Something goes wrong, and a person who doesn't have any options left says, I need help. And the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers giant oversized watch things that nobody else at high school ever noticed. They go off, right? And they're like, okay, we have to leave math class and go save the world. Or Paw Patrol, they kind of just lay around and do nothing until the signal goes off and they all put on their cool clothes and they go and they put out fires or they help people who are having an emergency. David is saying that that's what God does. That when we think about God, here's what I want you to hear me say. When we think about God, God doesn't spend most of his time being disappointed, But that's how we think about him, isn't it? That he spends most of his time pretty upset that things are not going so well. No, God is not idle. He doesn't just look at the earth and frown and wish that things would change. He acts. He's always acting. He's always coming to the rescue, saving the day, powering up, jumping right into the middle of our circumstances and fixing what is wrong. So for you and I, maybe you don't know this, But according to verse 4 of the psalm, you and I are constantly being carried away and drowned in waves and currents of darkness, of bad things, seas and rivers of selfishness, of decay, of destruction. And they come to us on our tablets, they come to us on our phones, they come through the TV, they're on our Spotify and Apple Music playlists, but most significantly they come out of our own hearts. They overwhelm us and they well up darkness and sin and selfishness and it's in those moments that we need to be rescued. And God loves nothing more than to jump into the middle of those circumstances and to save us. So here's the answer to the second question. The question asks, what does God do? And the answer is that he rescues us from chaos and from death. We're almost done. The third question, looking at verses 5 and 6, that this psalm asks is, how bad can it be? How bad can what be? Life. That's the question. How bad can life really be? If you're 9 or 10 or 11 or 12, life probably hasn't gotten that bad for you. Some of you... It has, and God sees you and he knows your circumstances and he will rescue you. But for some of us who have a great mom and a great dad or a great set of guardians who love us well, they protect us. They play the role that sometimes God can play. They're the rock wall. They're the Batman that comes to the rescue. And maybe we haven't lived long enough to realize what life without God can look like. That's actually a mercy to us that God gives us good parents. So what the psalmist is doing is telling us something that maybe we don't know. Maybe we don't know how bad life can be if we don't live with God. You'll remember, based on what we said last week, that there's two ways to live. You can live with God, or you can live without God. The last question that our psalm answers is, if you choose to live without God, how bad can that life be? It asks us this question. What if God wasn't strong? What if God wasn't a rescuer? What if one day the bat signal went off and hit the clouds in Gotham, and Bruce Wayne said, "Ah, eh, I don't feel like it today? What if the Paw Patrol, when their signals went off and it was time to go save the day, they just said, "Ah." it's Saturday, we gotta take a day off, or we're on strike because we're not getting paid enough, or whatever, what if they just decided they needed more dog treats and nobody was gonna give them to them and so they just said, we give up, we're done, we quit. If that was true and we had to live our lives without God, then this is what it would look like. Verses five and six tell us that the ropes of the grave tighten around people like that, that the snares of death, traps are set for you and I, that we always stumble into, that we feel distressed, because we don't have another option and we can't find hope outside of God. We are miserable. That's how bad it can be. We become depressed. That's how bad it can be. We become anxious. We focus more and more and more on ourselves and what is wrong with us and how much better everybody else's life must be. And eventually we reach a point where we give up. My friends, if God is not a strong rescuer, then that is the end of the story for every one of us. There is no hope for us without God. But, That's not the case. Is life without God terrible? Yes, but we don't have to go that way. God has made himself available to us, specifically in the New Testament we meet Jesus, who is God literally in the flesh, having come down from heaven, put on our body, and said to us, I'll do whatever it takes, I love you. I'll die in your place so you don't have to. That's what's available to us, that's what's on offer. That God is strong, that God is a superhero, that God is like a stone wall for us. What does he do? He rescues us. And what does that mean for us today? It means that like David says, when we cry out to him, when we pray, he hears us. And when he hears us, he comes to our rescue every single time. So here's what we're going to do to end today. We're just going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to pray with me if you're willing. We're going to try to use our bat signals in the room all together, okay, and send out an SOS to God in heaven to see us and to save us and we can have faith because Jesus has come, that God will do exactly that. Will you pray with me? Let's do that now. Father, we love you, and we're thankful for your great love, your strong rescue, your willingness to come down to our world where we live, to to touch people like us, God, who are unclean, to work with people like us who are stubborn and resistant to change, to love people like us who are bigoted and scared and quick to run away and slow to commit. God, we need to be more like you, not just because you want us to do that and we should just be obedient or else, God, but because it's actually good for us, that your will leads us into life, life that's everlasting. So as we did a week ago, God, we pray in this room, every adult together with me, that you would move in the hearts and minds of these children and that you would save them, God, that you would call them to yourself, that you would redeem them, that you would make them permanently a part of your spiritual family forever, that you would save them from their sin, that the work that you did at the cross, God, your life, your death, your resurrection would be applied to them in full and that they would never have to wonder where their help comes from or whether or not they have hope. Father, we love you and we trust that you will do this work in the lives of our children. Thank you for a beautiful, sunny day. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.